0: Folks, with the download button on uh, Survivalist Podcast. And as always, folks, you can catch all of our old shows at uh, soundcloud.com slash survivalistpodcast and all places where fine podcasts are available. Uh, also, two folks as well, don't forget about, uh, we have a, a website now, Survivalist. Uh, podcast.org And um, you can get all of our old episodes If it's easier for you to go into SoundCloud Uh, And also too, the other thing that's nice Is uh, I do I'm going to talk about this in a minute But uh, we do uh, videos and stuff like that And they're all up there So they're easier to find now Uh, They're all indexed and all that So uh, again, survivalistpodcast.org and like I said, folks, I do. I am doing, trying to do a weekly, uh, like vlog video, um, where I kind of take you outside, walk around the property, uh, take you to places, my favorite places to go up here in the mountains. Uh, you know, places I like to hang out, outdoor, like good outdoor spots, things like that. So, uh, I recently, uh, last weekend, got a, uh, a GoPro camera on one of the, and uh, I'm having a good time with it. Uh, a lot of I'm able to do HD, 4K, 2K, stuff of like that. So. I'm having a fun time with it, and I'm also working on the YouTube channel as well now. Uh, so, what we're gonna do looks like I'm gonna try to do like a weekly vlog video, and then do the weekly podcast. So, I'm having fun with it, really a lot of fun. I just got a tripod for it the other day, so I can maybe sit and talk to it. I do have the GoPro stick, the one that comes with the device that you hold it up and you talk to it. But uh, that's uh I get your arm tired after a while, and if I want to put it down too to talk directly to the camera, it's a little more complicated. So, but I do say that I I do want to say though I do have it, and I am working on the. Like I said, the YouTube channel. And like I said, if you go to survivalistpodcast.org, uh there's a link right there for the YouTube, you can go right to that. Also to our Facebook, uh Facebook.com slash survivalistpodcast. Uh, about six or seven hundred of you guys have already liked the page. I appreciate that. Please uh, keep it coming if you can. And my Twitter, KB3Y U A, my call sign. Uh, so, folks, uh, one of the things I do want to talk about, since we are talking about, you know, I want to talk about ham radio a little bit today, uh, but I, I, I got to get into the news first before we do anything. It's it's just been, it's been a, it's been a really a, t- a it's been a really tough week. Uh, the other day, those those the sounds you're hearing in the background is Opie the Underdog. Uh, he's apparently digging for, I believe, a bone underneath a piece of furniture. But uh, on the news today, folks. Uh, well, yesterday, the other day, whatever you want to call it, uh, they're talking about we are going to be in the going to be in a recession by 2023. And what's sad to me about that is, you know, uh, having somebody who had lived through the 90s, lived through you know the the millennium, and then obviously till now. Um, you know, you're, you're seeing the exact same, you know the, you know, the old saying, those that don't know the past are destined to repeat it. And we're doing the same thing again that we did in 2008. And the cycle just continues uh, with these people up in Washington. So, uh, you know, the last time that we went through the session in 2008, it all started because of the war and the gas. The war started in Afghanistan. The gas prices skyrocketed. And, you know, then of course, you know, the housing market boomed and then, you know, the recession happened not too long after that So, you know, we're, we're kind of seeing the, the same thing again here, folks It's, um, you know, the same situation, we had, co- well, maybe not the war, but well, we had COVID and we do have a war uh, over in Ukraine going on now Gas prices went up, cost of food went up uh, you know, cost of everything went up, cost inflation went up, the housing market was booming, and then all of a sudden everything, you know, tanked. So uh, kind of the same situation, you know, the gas prices went up, now the food prices have all gone up, you know, there's just so many things that it's just the same pattern as 2008, and it's it's really sad that these people up in Washington can't really figure this crap out. It, it's really unbelievable. Uh, you know, like I said, the the inflation, the inflation. they is going up ten percent, and uh, you know, people are getting four, two, three, four percent increases, and that's uh, just not enough. And uh, y- you know, it's we're going to be in another bad situation again soon. You know, uh, like I, you know, like I said, that this, this is all, They're saying that we're going to be in a recession by twenty twenty three. I, I think we're getting close to it, um, if not already in it. Or starting to get in it, whatever you want to say But you know, it's just, like I said, it's the same thing The gas prices went up, the food prices had to go up And what's making it even worse this time is the supply chain issue Which is driving the price of everything up um, So, you know, it not only do you have the gas prices driving it up like you did in 2008 But now you have the, the fuel price, you know The uh, the supply chain shortage driving it up So it's 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 pretty, it, it's it's not a good situation uh, you know, 9.1% inflation is the highest inflation that America's ever seen. And that's what it is right now, I believe. And, and we're not going to, it doesn't look like we're going to go up. You know, <laughs> it just looks like it's going to keep going up. Uh, unemployment is is up, they're saying now, which is crazy. Um, and you could tell things are starting to, starting to turn around because this hiring boom that we have is you see it's starting to slow down a little bit. Uh, and it really is. I know a lot of people are saying, what am I talking about? But um, companies like Microsoft, Google, Facebook, uh, a lot of these big tech companies now are putting hiring freezes on uh, because they don't want to hire any more people right now because they're concerned about what's going on with the economy. So you, the hiring boom that was in the tech industry and in some of the other industries are starting to slow a little bit. Um, you know, maybe not slow, but they're they're freezing hiring and basically what you do when you freeze hiring is it is an easy way of what they do, what this is basically an easy way of, of of saying, okay, we we know we're gonna have to lay people off probably. So what we'll do with a hiring freeze, and so we pass people leave, we don't replace them. And then this way, if we do have to lay off, it's less people. It's people you know, we don't have to let you know. It it's actually it actually is a really smart move by these companies. But uh, like I said, you have people like I said, Microsoft, Google, Facebook uh, you know all these big tech giants, conglomerates, that were hiring like in, 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 as many people as they could. Um, you know now are freezing their hiring, so that's 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 scary. Um, that just shows you that you know this the whole worker boom thing is starting to slow down. I think you still your your other jobs, your, your your you know your other jobs like laborers and stuff like that, and your your hospitality workers stuff like that. I think you're still going to see a, a worker shortage there. I think it kind of goes along with the supply chain shortage, I guess, but. Um, a lot of your big office jobs are, you know, starting to uh, starting to slow starting to slow down, and that that's really scary. The interest rates are going up a lot. I don't know why. I, they're saying that's the way they fight inflation. I, I that makes absolutely no sense to me. But uh, you know, so it's just a, a situation right now that that's, it, it's scary. As somebody who lived through the 2008 recession, I was very very lucky to have a job during the recession. Um, I remember a lot of friends of mine that didn't have jobs, a lot of people on unemployment, a lot of people like myself that had jobs, but were not getting increases for years on end, um, because the companies couldn't afford it. So it's uh, it's a very scary time. I think part of the problem with this, the reason why this is happening and believe me, I'm not, uh, I'm not, you know, it, it just, it just may, it's just, it's just me as somebody who knows a little bit about, about the way, you know, the economy and stuff like that works, um, I'm by far, not an expert, but I can understand it works. Part of the problem is that they they pumped the country up during Covid with all the stimulus money. and, and a lot of people said if they did that, this was a possibility that this could happen. Um, you know, they had to to keep the economy from crashing. Uh, but this is going to kind of be the fallout from it I think this is kind of like, you know how COVID They say long-term COVID Well, I think this is kind of the long-term effects of COVID As far as our economy goes You know, if we prop the economy up for so long uh, During COVID And now, you know, we kind of Got to pay the piper sometime So uh, By the way, folks, just want to let you know I'm drinking Obviously, it's it's audio, you can't see anything But I'm drinking uh, coffee right now This is that Black Rifle coffee um, I, I know it's been a little controversy about those guys and everything like that because of the name and Dallas Cowboys and what, but I'm not going to get into that. I think that's but anyway, uh, they're a veteran supported company, and I'm trying to support these guys. So, Black Ravel Coffee, they are not a sponsor or anything like that. Uh, they're just a great, I have a, a huge spot in my heart for our veterans, and they uh, they really try to support our vets and do a lot of charity work and some like of that to help our veterans, VA, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, if you can't support these guys, so they're doing a lot for our vets, and I really appreciate that. But like I said, I, like I said, getting back to that though, it, it is, um, you know, it, it it is like I said, it there's, you know, this is kind of, I think this is the fallout from our, you know, from from the stimulus packages, and I'm not saying we didn't need this, but I'm not saying that, but I do think that this is the the fallout from it, and I think you're going to see uh, this is going to be kind of the long term effects now from COVID. We're going to be seeing as far as our economy goes, where things are going to be. Uh, A little bit tougher, a little bit, um, you know, people are going to have some harder times coming up ahead of them. Um, You know, people are already feeling the pinch, and we have, like I said, we have, the the podcast I talked about, we have a, a government that's not really working for the people. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where it's unfortunate, but American people are going to be the ones that pay the price for the people up in Washington. And this whole war going on in Ukraine, and what it's costing Americans. Uh, thank goodness we got out of Iraq. I mean, I mean, I wasn't all for us leaving Afghanistan because I felt that, you know, all that, uh, my, my generation is was the Afghanistan-Iraq war, and uh, I feel a lot of those people died for nothing, but because of this, but anyway, long story short with that, it, you know the well. I mean, not not a of I mean, a lot of my friends died over there uh, during the during the war, and then to leave, and then one day of seventeen years of work just gets turned around. I just, I, but it's it's kind of a good thing we did get out because look at what this Ukraine war is costing us, and we would have had both that and Afghanistan going on at the same time. And, and I think possibly um, the, looking at looking at it now, I think that's one of the reasons why uh, President Trump and President Biden uh, possibly. Especially with Trump because he started it, but Biden finished it. The why they started maybe pulling out of Afga- pulling out of Afghanistan because uh, I think they kind of understood that. You know, they probably had intel that, that Putin was going to attack, and they were like, well, we can't really financially support both wars at once, so let's uh, you know, let's pull out. I think that might have been part of it. I'm not, I don't know. That's just speculation, but I think that could be a good reason why. Uh, they, you know, they pulled out as quickly, you know, pulled out because, I mean, it really was, uh, you know, imagine having both of those wars, how many billions we pump into Afghanistan and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's, <laughs> imagine doing that with both of these countries now. So it's, it definitely was something I think that we, you know, that maybe we had to do uh, because we knew this was coming. So uh, it's unfortunate, like I guess a lot of people were over there, a lot of people lost their lives over there, but. You know, it's 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 really unfortunate, but, um, you know, we're doing everything we can right now not to get involved. with our, Well, we are involved, but not we're, we're trying not to go in there. Well, then Ukraine kind of fight their own war. We're just assisting them. So, you know, it's we're trying not to get involved, I guess, to a certain degree. But we are involved. But I don't think we want we don't have any boots on the ground there yet. Uh, I really think that uh, we're trying to avoid that. So there's not another major war. Uh, even though we are spending what we spent over in Afghanistan, but um, at least we're not losing our soldiers over this. So, like I said, that you know, that's going on. You know that, and then that, and, that, and that could be you know that that contributed to a lot of things. And you know, uh, they're trying to get these gas prices have come down, but uh, unfortunately, the stock market had a crash for the gas prices to go down. So. Uh, the stock market does start going up. Which last time ever the recession, two thousand eight, first it started with the stock market going down, and then next, you know, it's just crazy, and you know? it's just you know, like I said, those that don't 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 read history are destined to repeat, and that's kind of what we're doing. And you know, it's, it's the same thing. You know, in the eighties we had an issue with the economy, you know, and then in the nineties it boomed again. You know, it's yeah, we go through these cycles, and like I said, those that you know don't read history are destined to repeat it and that's exactly what's going on again so but uh you know like i said if you you know if you if you do have a job um you know maybe it's a good time to maybe think about you know preparing yourself financially maybe pay off some bills while you you know maybe start putting some money away uh there's things you can do to try to help cushion yourself but um You know, it's a tough thing, like I said, especially putting money away, trying to cut some expenses, things like that right now. So you can, or maybe cut expenses now so you can put some money away in case of, um, there's definitely things you can do now to start getting ready. Uh, Maybe it won't help, you know, maybe it won't do the best for you, but uh, it'll at least help you be more prepared. Again, more prepared. Like we always talk about, like I said, if you cut some expenses, maybe put some extra money away, even if it's only $20 a week, you know. Start putting some money away right now. So in case if things do, you know, in case you, things do hit the crap or even worse, uh, you have some savings. Like I guess I cut expenses, uh, cut unnecessary, like not cutting unnecessary expenses is tough sometimes depending on the person. But like I said, putting money away, definitely trying to, you know, do, there's a lot of things you can do to try to, try to put a little money away in your nest egg. Uh, so in case something does happen. Uh, you have a little cushion, and that's a tough thing to do. I know it's very hard to do sometimes, but uh, with everything going on right now, it might be best if we all just kind of maybe put a little money aside um, you know to kind of see, especially with everything going on to kind of uh, be prepared because I, I do think it's gonna get worse before it gets better. Uh, I hate saying that, but um, I think this is the truth and that's unfortunate. So uh, but like I said, start putting money away if you can, uh, you know start you know start cutting expenses. Uh, you know, start, you know, that's all you can do uh, You know, if you, it, it's it's the same But, you know, unfortunately the only people that suffer is the American people And, and, and unfortunately the people in Washington don't care So uh, all you can do is be, you know, live life better by being more prepared So one thing I do want to get into is talking about uh, ham radio uh, One of the reasons why I want to talk about this And I know a lot of people talk about ham radio a lot Excuse me, his coffee's amazing, by the way. I should get them as a sponsor. I don't know why. I should. If they would. I don't even know if they would. They probably don't care. But I know they sponsor Rogan's show. Um, and I think they sponsor, I think, two or three other shows. Um, they have their own podcast, too. So, But anyway, I want to talk about Ham Radio a little bit. So a lot of people say to me, well, why why Ham Radio? Why Ham Radio? You know, we have cell phones. Um, I think the really the main reason why I got into Ham Radio and got my license was because... Uh, I, I I really, you know, it was one of those things I got that I thought I was never going to use and surprisingly have used it a few times, uh, especially with, uh, so we had, uh, hurricanes up here, uh, cell phones weren't working, the landlines were kind of working and, uh, having the ham radio was really great. Um, I was able to, you know, reach out to friends and stuff like that, uh, get weather updates, things of that nature. So, uh, again, it's the thing you get that that you don't that at the beginning. Maybe you don't think you're going to need, but uh, it actually comes pretty handy as uh, as somebody who's uh, who's a prepper. Uh, i so really surprised how much I actually used it, how much I actually like it, and I know people say to me all the time. You know, well, you know, you have cell phones. Well, you can also get fish at the market, but we also go fishing. You can get chop meat at the market, but we also go hunting. So, um, you know, it's, it is one of those things that if you are somebody who's, who's a prepper, um, you know, there may become a time, especially in an emergency, where and we had it up here with Sandy. We had it up here with the big ice storm we had a bunch of years ago. Uh, that was about four years ago. My daughter was born around that time. Um, you know, when the cell phones weren't working and it was nice to be, you know, we didn't have electric and it was nice to be able to run a battery with my ham radio and be able to get weather updates. God forbid there's an emergency. Um, you know, I was able to call out, was able to kind of know what's going on, was able to help people. Um, I had a couple of people that called in that that were uh, stranded, at, that needed uh, somebody to call somebody or get a hold of somebody. Luckily enough, the landline was working, so I was able to call. And, you know, there, there was a lot of... It surprisingly is, is very, very handy. Now... With ham radio, there's a couple things you need to know. So, uh, you do need a license to run a ham radio. And one of the things about uh, ham radio is that there's a couple. I'm actually a general class of service, and that's kind of where I stop. There is an extra class. Um, I don't particularly worry about the extra class because I just don't. Uh, there's not. I mean, I mean, you do get more bands with it, but I guess with with what I use it for, the general's enough. So. With, with hammer, you have the technical class, which will get you on what they call the two meter, and then you have, and, the, and then what you have is a general class, which gets you on the ones you could talk all over the world. Uh, depending on what you want to do, I would recommend probably getting the general class. if You're up to it. I mean, it's very cheap to get your license. I think it's like like eighteen bucks uh, to get to take your tests. I uh, guess yeah, so you take the eighteen, and then you take the. Uh, I think it's, you take the technician first, and the general. You can take them both at the same time if you were feeling daring. But what's really neat about this is the two-meter is, uh, like you said, your local stuff here, uh, which is one I really mostly use. You're, you're able to talk to the local ham radio guys, talk to the local emergency centers, stuff like that. Uh, and that's the two-meter band. And then when you get out to your general class service, you get what they call the 20, the 40, 10-meter, uh, stuff like that. And that's the stuff where you can talk all over the world. You can talk to... Uh, you know anybody from all different countries i've I've talked to you know people all over the place and one of the neat things about that is is when you really think about uh, radios especially in this day and age I mean how many I mean emergency responders all that use radios because uh, you know you, you can send something you know over the you know over the air uh, even if there's no wire so uh, that's kind of why you know when you think about you know how how radio is is really used um, at the end of the day, uh, if the phones aren't working and all that kind of stuff, this will still work because it doesn't need lines to, to work. It just it goes through the air. So, like I said, the 2-meter stuff is your local stuff. Uh, again, uh, I know a lot of people say, well, these, that equipment's expensive. Well, anything can be expensive, if you you know, depending on how much you want to do. Uh, if you just want to get your license and get on the air, you can get a very cheap 2-meter uh, uh, radio. You can buy them for like 150 bucks. And you hook it up to a, a, a J pole, which you can make out of copper, or you can buy one online for fifty bucks. And uh, you know you connect coax cable to both of them, and and that's it. You're on the air. Um, it's really that easy. Uh, it really is. Yeah, I mean you can if you want if you don't want to spend a lot of money on antennas, you can string up some wire and uh, what they call get a uh, get a tuner and tune, and that's it. And you can get right on the air. Now, if you are going to be doing Stuff like where you want to talk to other countries and stuff like that, uh, you're going to need general class service, and that equipment is going to be a little more expensive. You're going to need probably a, an antenna, a J pole, or, or or a yagi, or one of those kinds of things, and you're going to need a, a little more expensive radio. Those radios going to be probably three, four, 500 bucks. But um, you know, it really depends on on what you think. Uh, I like I said, I like talking to other countries, and I like talking to mostly I talk about people in the United States, but I like talking to people down south and. And, and, you know, on, on other coasts and stuff like that It is uh, it is a lot of fun uh, I do enjoy it I'm not on as much as I used to be Because I just don't have the time with my wife, my family Doing this stuff, uh, my job and stuff like that But uh, I, I am really glad I have it Because, uh, in a, like I said uh, when when And I do, I'm not going to lie Most of my stuff is sitting in a box right now But um, the last time we had a major storm I did hook everything up uh, Just to make sure it worked in case I needed it and, again, it could be that, that thing you do, you get it, and then you leave it there. And, you know, maybe you only use it, in you know, when, when you think it's going to be a big storm or a big emergency. Uh, it's not something you have to set up all the time and, oh, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. But, um, you know, it is something to have. It is something to, to use. And, you know, if you are a, uh, a prepper... Uh, it is something you really, you, you know, communication is a big thing that we always talk about that, uh, you know, you're going to need communication with people. You know, that is that is something that is really useful because, uh, you know, you can get, you know, you can talk to people, get the word out, find out what's going on. Um, you know, even if there's no cell phones, no landlines, no Internet. So it is like I said, I, I definitely would recommend it. Like I said, it's not it doesn't have to be an expensive hobby. Uh, it's something you can get. And you know, get you know, you can you can you know, it, it doesn't have to be expensive, it's something you can keep and kind of just you know, maybe just hang on to it in, in case of kind of thing. Uh, but like I said, you will definitely want to get your license. Like I said, te- you have technician and general are the two majors. You have extra class if you really want to get involved with it, uh, but you don't have to technician should, or extra class should, or technician or general should be enough. Uh, I say general, it really depends on who you want to talk to. Uh, but the big thing about that, the other reason I'm bringing up ham radio is obviously, of course, the big thing with that is of course, uh, CW or as you know it as Morris code, uh, which is obviously dots and dashes. And surprisingly enough, that's a very, very popular thing to do on ham radio. A lot of guys, uh, you know, work that and there are, and that is something that you think about, um, even if you can't get verbal communication to somebody, um, Usually Morse code work, just dots and dashes. So, uh, I always recommend anybody that that if you want to learn something that you think you could really really use, uh, Morse code is something that it's not hard to learn, and uh, just learn Morse code. Even if you don't, even if you're not a ham radio person, just learn Morse code because it's something that can can really save your life in in a pinch. Um, it it has been featured. It was featured on. Um, I'm trying to name it. Um, it was with Chris O'Donnell. I forget, uh, vertical limit. Uh, his, his sister couldn't talk to him via the radio, so he just starts clicking with the uh, with uh, the hand thing, and she starts clicking back. And uh, they use it. Uh, it, was, it was featured in MacGyver a bunch of times. It was featured, I think, in. Um, Cast away. It was, it's been featured in a lot of movies. So it is something really important to to, know, to learn. Even if you don't plan on getting your ham radio license, I seriously suggest you learn how to do uh, Morris code because that is something that even if you're not a ham radio operator, you could use down the road uh, for anything. Um, you know, there, there are videos of people, uh, you know, even just people that were trapped underneath a building that collapsed where they're tapping Morris code on the pipes and somebody recognizes what it is and uh, they're able to go down and get the people. So uh, again, very important. They used it up here recently. Morse code was actually in the news up here because when they had that coal miner collapse a bunch of years ago, uh, that's actually how they were communicating. One of the guys in the bottom was a ham radio operator, and he kept tap. He would tap with somebody up there so they can kind of communicate back and forth. Uh, so again, more even if you're not a ham radio operator, Morse code is something I seriously recommend any prepper learn because it is something that can be very useful and could save your life. Uh, it's not hard. Like I said, it's just, you know, the alphabet A through Z and then there's five. Uh, everything has, you know, dots and dashes. It, it, it's a very, very simple, basic alphabet. Uh, I, one thing I did not know, my mother, uh, told me, my mother one time I was, I was doing Morse code, uh, with a friend of mine on ham Radio. My mother started talking to me. She understood what I was doing and I had said to her, I said, yeah, she had said when she was younger, um, you know, that they actually taught that in schools, uh, it was part of your, uh, like your health class or whatever kind of class it was. They actually, uh, used to teach it in school. Obviously they don't teach it anymore now, but, uh, my mother said in her day and my father said the same thing that, uh, in their day that they actually taught that, um, that was actually something you got taught in school. They actually you had to learn Morse code as part of the whole curriculum, and I think it's a shame that that's something they took out because that's something is something that I think everybody should know. Uh, it is actually very important and and really has saved a lot of lives over the years. So I really really hope that uh, you know, uh, I really wish that you know they would uh, put it back. Uh, also too, if you want to know how to how to learn Morse code? Uh, even like even if you don't want to do ham radio, uh, there are tons of apps on the iPhone, iPad, Android um, that uh, that can teach you where you actually will, will. You actually can either type it out, or they'll actually play sounds to you, and then you have to write back or figure out what they said. And it's all a lot of the training apps are very very good on Android on iOS. Um so I really recommend, like I said, if you want to learn it, you can get an app. You can take five, ten minutes a day. Uh it's just basically just like you, you know, and I've said to people all the time if you can take five, ten minutes to do Rosetta Stone um uh, to learn a language, you can learn this language. Uh, you know, and, and that's something too I, I want to point out too. Something that's interesting is um uh my my wife and I were just talking about the other day about our daughter. We have a uh, my wife has a niece that, uh that was born deaf. And languages, uh Morse code obviously is its own thing, but um, you know that's one thing they don't teach is sign language in school, which I think is a shame. There's a lot of deaf people in this world, and I really think that uh, that's something they they really should be offering at schools. Uh, you know, they offer French, Spanish, all those kind of, life, but they don't offer sign language, and I think that's a really shame because it is a, a recognized language, and and they don't teach it in schools, and I, I really think that's. It's very sad Because it is a recognized language People A lot of people are deaf And a lot of people want to learn it My daughter was really upset We ended up finding an app online uh, Where she was actually Taking it and learning it But again comp- Big companies like Rosetta And things like that Don't offer sign language They don't offer You know They don't offer Morse code They don't offer, offer And it's a shame They only offer foreign languages Especially sign language Because that's something That could really be be useful um, You know In somebody's day to day life uh, I know my My uh, my wife isn't fluent, but she's fairly familiar with it. Um, I'm not as fluent as I wish I was. I, I've learned a little bit from being about my wife. But, uh, you know, that is something that I think they should offer in school because that's something that can be very useful. And especially in situations sometimes where you may have somebody that can't hear you, but they can see you. Um, you know, I really think it's something that, uh, you know, they sh- they should be offering. And I think it is something that really could be, ha- you know, handy and that schools, I really think, should be required to offer. Now, if you are, obviously, schools do offer it. If you are deaf, schools do offer it to you. Uh, but they don't just offer it to the regular person. I think that's quite a shame, actually. But but like I said, uh, like I said talking about, going back to ham radio, though, uh, one thing I would like to talk about, though, is, like I said, you have... Um, I recommend this for anybody, by the way, that if you want to get online, if you want to get online, on the air, um, I you do want to talk to other countries, there's something called a Wyndham uh, antenna, which is a long piece of wire, it's 40 feet on one side and like 80 on the other, and you hook it up, and the wire can go anywhere, hanging off your roof, hanging off your and what it actually does is, uh, it allows you to get on all the bands using one antenna, it's called a Wyndham antenna, a friend of mine told me about this, I do have one on my roof. Uh, they're not expensive. They're less than thirty to forty bucks online. Uh, basically, it's and and like I said, it's it's really, if if you want to start talking to other countries and you want to talk, you know, on all the different bands, the general class of service, it's a very cheap, affordable antenna. It's not hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Uh, you know, you just put it out on your roof. It is big, so you're gonna need to, you know, weave it around your roof. And you hook a piece of coax up to it, and then that's it, man. You just you use the use the tuner and whatever band you want to get on, that's what you use, and, and you get out, and that's it. Uh, it's really cool. And you know, it's nice that you can have just one antenna, especially if you're a prepper. You don't want tons of antennas all over your freaking house. But um, with this, you have one antenna, you leave it up on the roof, and then that that's it. And it really is somebody like myself who doesn't use the equipment as much. Uh, but I do like to talk. It's nice to just have one simple, easy, cheap antenna. Um, and then I can go ahead and and get online. I don't need, you know, a million antennas, uh, which is something I like. And, And two, it doesn't take up a lot of room. It's on the roof. So if you don't use it for a while, you just leave the, you know, leave the coax kind of tucked up behind, you know, by the window spooled up. And then if you need to get on, just reach out the window and grab it. So, um, like I said, that that's what I recommend. That's what we use here. Again, I don't get online as much as I'd like. Now, that won't work for your local stuff. For your local stuff, you'll probably need a pole or a little two-meter antenna. Like I said, or a whip antenna. Those things are very, very cheap. The, the, the two-meter antennas, the whip antennas, those you can get for, my goodness, maybe a few bucks. Um, they're not expensive. And like I said, you can talk to anybody local. I do think, though, if... if uh, You know, if if shit's going to hit the fan Um, I do think that you do need To be able to talk to other countries But uh, I mostly care about the local stuff The local, um, you know Especially during the hurricanes And the storms and all that we've been having Um, I do believe, like I said I really liked the whole situation With being able to talk to local uh, In a local dispatch of that Uh, Actually up here, and you may want to check In your area, uh, up here especially uh, They have a group A ham radio group that's uh, actually in the emergency comm center, and they actually do receive uh, ham radio calls and, and send them to the dispatcher because and there have been. Uh, we live in a really rural area. There have been situations where people did need to call for assistance, um, and and obviously they didn't have any phones or anything. Like that, and they were able to call with ham radio. So they it, actually in our area they do have a local group. Uh, it's called Perry's. I don't uh, I don't remember what I uh, forgive me. I don't remember what it's called, what the thing is, but um where they actually do sit in the comp center during emergencies and listen for ham radio calls and from what I heard they do get a lot of them uh the other thing too what I what I would recommend is if you want to um, and I do recommend this I have one in my go bag uh, I would recommend getting a small handheld um, uh, to uh, radio uh, lo- local bands are fine the small bands 200 meters you know stuff like that um, you know, 2 meter, just the local stuff And you keep it in your your bag With 2 batteries and the charger And I keep mine always charged But uh, And you keep it in your go bag And this way if you do need uh, You know, you're, you're in a bug out situation And, uh, or, you know Where you do need to want to hear what's going on You can turn the radio on and listen I do have a handheld in my bag, in my go bag And I have used it a few times, especially when we're in the car and I wanted to hear what was going on, especially during the storms and stuff. We had a tornado up here. Uh, it was good to be able to hear the ham radio operators and kind of hear what's going on. Those guys that I will say this, those guys that are on the ham radio bands are unbelievable in the sense. A lot of those guys know what's going on more than any newscaster or anything like that, because those guys, they know each other, they talk to each other a lot and, and and it's basically like its own little community, um, and, and it really, they, they know. So I remember they, they knew the road was closed before the, I mean, before PennDOT knew. Uh, so like I said, it really is something I recommend if you are somebody who has a go bag. Uh, you know, I, I like the, I like the, my equipment's a little more expensive. You don't have to spend money on good equipment. They, I mean, they do have cheap two meter radios that you can put in your bag. And I think they cost like less than a hundred bucks. Uh, it is a good addition to any go bag. And I honestly recommend it because um, you never know when you might want to hear what's going on. Uh, even two, I have actually seen if you're, and, and I, I didn't, and I didn't think about this, but somebody to show this to me. I thought it was pretty neat. I actually had a friend of mine with a go bag. He actually had a scanner at, it so he could hear the local police and fire stuff. Now, you can hear that on a ham radio as well, but um, he actually had one that was a scanner and all that kind of stuff, and he was able to kind of scare, you know, scan and hear what's going on uh, with all the police, fire, all that kind of stuff. Um, I never really thought about it, and I can do that with a ham radio, so I have a, a, a handwritten list with all the uh, the bands on it. Uh, and I have it tucked away in my go bag, so I can listen to those things. But if you are somebody who maybe isn't interested in ham radio, but would still like to listen to what's going on, uh, buy yourself a cheap... You can literally buy scanners, I mean, at Walmart for, for 20 30 bucks And just keep it in your go bag. I really recommend that because you just... You never know when you might need to hear what's going on with the local channels. And since everything is done via radio with emergency responders, um, you can listen in and kind of hear what's going on with the police, fire uh, you know, dispatch, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, again, that's something, if you don't have one in your go bag, it would be a really good addition. And like I said, I keep, like I said, a small, um, like I said, a small ham radio in my go bag with two batteries. You don't have to do that, but I do. Cause sometimes I may be out, especially if I'm fishing or in a wide open space while I'm waiting and I want to chat, I'll fire up my, uh, my radio dial in the local repeater and, uh, You know, see who's on there. Again, I'm not again I'm not a huge cam radio guy. I know enough to be dangerous and to be able to, you know, kind of navigate a little bit. But um when I am sitting around, like I said, especially when I'm fishing, or even sometimes when I'm hunting, I'll keep it on low, I'll bring a pair of earbuds with me. Um, sometimes I just turn it on and just hear what's going on with the you know with the local radio guys see what they're talking about um you find out some interesting stuff that you may not know about uh, i will say if you are going to be somebody that gets into ham radio and you start talking um i will say be very careful what you say anybody can hear anything you say on the radio so uh you know it's not private it's not secure it's not it, it it's it's wide open anybody listening can hear it so um you know, I recommend if you're on the repeater, don't get into any arguments with anybody politically or anything like that. Keep it clean, keep it fun. Um, you know, I, I you know I really recommend that. Um, also, do great resource if you are interested in becoming a ham radio operator. Uh, the AWRL they are a uh, nonprofit association that uh, looks out for the ham radio operator, looks out for our rights, looks out for our bands, looks out for all that kind of stuff. And that's AWRL. And they are able. Uh, if you go on their site, they do have training materials. They do have all of the books, uh, links to information, equipment, news, all stuff on there. If you are interested in really getting more into this, um, after listening to this podcast, the AWRL would be the place to start. I do have a membership. Um, I think it's like 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 fifty bucks a year. Uh, the magazine, the Q, they have something called QRL magazine. If you're ever interested in learning about ham radio. Uh, I recommend subscribing, getting the magazine. There's a lot of good information on there, even if you're... And I'll be honest with you, it's kind of cool because the magazine, while not a prepper magazine, has a lot of prepper articles in it uh, that are related to ham radio and ham radio setups and things that people have done uh, who are preppers that are into ham radio. And as somebody who got the magazine to learn about ham radio, I ended up finding more and more information about how preppers and... And survivalists use these radios uh, to communicate, uh, especially during our disaster situations and stuff like that. So um, I really recommend if you are interested, go to dot, ARRL.org. Um, again, they are not a sponsor. Uh, but they are a great resource for anybody who is interested in ham radio you can learn more about the tests learn on a on ARRL site if you are interested in taking a test they do have practice materials they do have all the books that you would need to pass the test uh, and on there you can look for a place to get tested other ham radio groups do the testing so you will have to actually go on the site if when you're ready to take your test and search for you know'll search for um you know, uh, what they call VEs, which are volunteer examiners for the ARRL, because the ARR runs the testing information, the test, not the information, but the test uh, site stuff. So you go on there, you'll search for, you know, you type typing your zip code, and they'll show you the list of places where you can take your tests and where they are available and times and dates and all that kind of stuff. So uh, also too, if you are listening to this and you are a ham radio operator um, and you are interested, you can go ahead and go get your VE. Uh, You can go and become a VE. Um, I did it myself uh, for the Boy Scouts and stuff like that. I was helping out the Boy Scouts and uh, some of those guys wanted to become technicians. So um, we actually actually got a VE kit and I was able to give out tests to the Boy Scouts. But Um, If you are a ham radio operator, especially for extra class of service, you know, and you're interested and you're listening to this, uh, consider being a VE man so you can go and give out tests and and get more hams certified. Um, We need it. So I would, you know, if you are listening, uh, you know, that'd be something to do. It's only once a month I think they have these things. Uh, Or if you're part of a local ham radio club that's not doing VE testing, uh, please, uh, you know, talk to your group and see if you can convince them to do VE testing because um, it'd be great to get a lot of people uh, into this stuff, Uh, especially the Boy Scouts and stuff like that. I don't think Um, I really work closely. Uh, Again, I'm not huge into radio, but I have worked with the local uh, Boy Scouts and the local ham radio group to try to set something up. I did have a couple of Boy Scouts recently that were into prepping, and they uh, were interested in their ham radio licenses. So I I worked with the uh, the local ham radio group and the Boy Scout group and helped a couple of those boys get, um, get certified, and they were really happy. So I appreciated the local ham radio group chipping in and helping out with that. But I uh, like I said, uh, a lot of information on this stuff. I don't want to overwhelm you, but uh, you know, I did want to get that information out there because it's very important. I've been talking about doing a ham radio uh, podcast for a while, and I know sometimes it's not the you know uh, I don't want to say it's not. I know a lot of people maybe are into it, aren't into it, but I think it is important as a prepper that it is something you talk about because it is something that every prepper should know about at least, um, and should you know, and uh, you know could could save your life, you know. Um, but like I said too. Another thing very important with the ham radios, um, especially that I, I want to bring up very, very quickly, but um, when when you think about a ham radio unit and you're running off of, you know, plugging it in and you use using that, one of the things you do need to consider is batteries because um, if you are running um, a ham radio, uh, you know, in your home, uh, you're probably, your you're not somebody that just wants a disaster emergency. You're going to be either running it off generator or you're going to be running it off battery. So they do sell battery units for these ham radios. Um, I strongly recommend that if you want to have a ham radio for backup, you consider getting yourself at least two batteries, have them charged, uh, because the odds are chance when you're going to be wanting to use that radio is when there's going to be no electric probably. Um, I, it's just the way it is. That's one of the things they talk about in the e books that most people that actually do want to use it. Um, in an emergency, may, you know, they, they don't have, they, you know, you know I make sure you have the batteries for it. Um, even if you're using a handheld, um, make sure you have an extra battery, but especially if you're using a a, a, a cheap, l- small, local rig like we've been talking about, um, you're going to want to make sure you have batteries because the odds are a chance you're going to want to be using it in an emergency situation and you probably won't have power. Uh, they do have battery kits and stuff like that for these, and uh, it is something you definitely should think about. Uh, you can run it off a generator if you want, I don't recommend that because generators sometimes can going to be hell on a radio, just the interference and plus two, the electric isn't the cleanest, but, um, I, if you, you know, and I think too. If you're thinking about, it, you don't want to waste your generator power on a ham radio. So I uh, have some batteries. Or what you could do is you could have batteries and then charge them off of the generator and then use them on your ham radio rig. I know we were doing that uh, a couple years ago. I did. There's something called Field Day, which just passed in uh, in June. And what Field Day is, it was it started after 9/11. And what they actually do with it is field day is basically a day for ham radio operators to test their skills to meet with other hams learn stuff things like that if you are interested in this i know field day passed but uh, like i said get in touch with your local ham radio group and i'm sure they'll have field day or i'm sure any of those guys will be willing to come meet with you and and help you get set up and get started but um, field day is a very interesting thing because you work with those guys. And, um, I learned a lot about batteries on field day, um, because we were actually out in a big field where there was no residential electric. Uh, so we had a generator, we'd run the generator and charge the batteries, then hook them up to the radios and stuff like that. So, uh, I actually learned a lot about that on field day. Field day did pass in June and we did uh, kind of miss it already. But, um, next year, if you are interested in ham radio, ne- uh, maybe something next year on, it's always around like June and late June. Uh, check the ARRL site for all that information. Uh, The ARRL site is really where you're going to find all good information. Uh, If you are interested in ham radio, go there. There's a lot of... They they have all the information on there. Um, If you are a teacher, they do have... uh, Or if you know somebody to if you're listening to this and you want to get into this, uh, they do have a a program for uh, schools that you can actually work with. They'll work with the school and help get uh, ham radio stuff actually into the school so you can learn about... All that stuff. So uh, look into that as well if you're interested. Uh, but like I said, there's a lot of good information on the ARRL site. I recommend that site. Uh, you know, going there if you are interested in this, they have a lot more information than I can provide you here in an hour podcast. But go there, check on that. and And really, if you are interested, uh, you know, go there if you, and, and and if you're interested, you do want to You know, you want to ask. Uh, I will give you the best information I can. Go to the website survivalistpodcast.org um, or SoundCloud, and my emails right there. Email me, and I'll give you all the information I can. Um, and I'll even include the ARRL site in the show notes for you uh, if you are interested. And I really like I said, go there. They're going to be your, your main real resource for this sort of thing. And also, too, um, if you are interested over the summer in just getting into this, there are something called Ham Fests, which are uh, ham radio festivals um, that they actually have in the area. I strongly recommend going on Google uh, or or ARRL. They'll have them listed. Go to ARRL and click on the Ham Fest button, and there'll be a, and type in your zip code, and there'll be a list of all local ham fests. Um, if you are interested in any of this stuff, a ham fest, uh, you go there, there's a lot of hams there. You can ask questions. Um, also, too, if you are interested in, in getting equipment you go to these ham fests and you can pick up a lot of equipment very cheap Uh, ham fests usually get guys selling their old equipment and if you just want something for backup um, it'd be something to go there and just buy some cheap equipment i recommend that i tell that to everybody i've picked up a lot of great deals at ham fests on antennas and stuff that people just didn't want you know the old saying Uh, somebody's junk somebody's treasure it's basically sometimes a ham fest could be a gigantic yard sale for ham radio equipment so i uh, i really uh, recommend that like i said awl.com or awl.org click on the ham fest button and uh, you can see all the local ham this is ham fest season it's summertime so uh, i really recommend it also too um if you want more information on this stuff there is something called Ham Nation. It's a podcast uh, up on YouTube. Uh, well, it's a podcast, but it's also a video. Um, and it's, it's Ham Nation. It's every week. It's a great thing. It's Bob Heil and a bunch of those guys that are a legendary hams, pretty much. Uh, they have a, a great podcast as well. Uh, like I said, it's called Ham Nation. And if you are interested in that kind of stuff, um you know, that's a great place to, you know, to, to you know, pick up some tips and stuff of like that. And, and those guys have a helpline, too, where you can reach in. They probably know more than I do, but um, that's another resource as well. Uh, by the way, I do want to point out, too, a lot of famous people are hams. I, um, uh, Prince Charles was one of them. Uh, Tim Allen uh, from Home Improvement and Last Man Standing. Uh, That's why kind of uh, There's always radios In the background If you ever watch that show Uh, Steve Steve Wozniak The guy that started Apple With uh, Steve Jobs uh, He was a ham guy Uh, Art Bell The radio broadcaster Uh, A lot of famous uh, Ham radio operators Out there And uh, if you really Are interested um, Like I said Next time If you ever watch Last Man Standing With Tim Allen Look in the background There's almost always A ham radio In the the vlog section It's pretty cool But uh, like I said uh, I'm going to wrap it up But I want to thank you guys For listening And we will see you on the next episode. Thank you very much.